Welcome to Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Join us in a sex-positive awakening adventure to help create a sex-positive world. Become part of a movement and start living a sex-positive lifestyle free of sexual shame and guilt. Adult Bedtime Stories is a Raven Slayer production. Adult Bedtime Stories is a show dedicated to bringing sacredness back to our sexuality and to learn about everything sexual. Allow the beautiful sexy creature within you to emerge. Each week the focus of the show will be on a different sexual topic designed to enlighten you so you develop more fully as a sexual being. This is a sex education that you didn't receive in high school but should have. Imagine for a moment that we could change the world and live a sex-positive lifestyle. In our sex-negative world, the process of socialization teaches us to feel shame and guilt around sex. By adopting a new set of attitudes and values around sex, we can view sex with a new understanding, which is accompanied with positive emotions and the attitude that sex is a sacred act. I am Lady Boy Chi a sex expert, a life coach, and a sacred harlot. My life vision is to create a sex-positive world through adult education and BDSM performance art. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Adult Bedtime Stories. And on this edition, I have Paul with me. Hey, guys. And we've got some special guests from BiPlus Organizing US. And I'm real excited about this show because when Binet USA kind of bit the dust, there wasn't anything around. And now there is. And we're going to be talking about what BiPlus Organizing is. But before we do, I'd like our guests to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about their bi adventures. Hey, who do you want to go first, Didi? Oh, why don't you go, Fiona? Pick one of us. Okay. Hello, everybody. Hey, y'all. <laughs> As you can tell from my accent, I am dialing in from Austin, Texas. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, people say, where are you from? And I say, oh, I'm actually from West Texas. But no, the accent is British, but I've lived here for 23 years. So I'm proudly Texan. Moved to Houston, where you are, Gigi, uh, for 11 and a half years. I was in New York and DC, sorry, please forgive me, for nine, and then back home to Texas in 2020. So that's me. My name is Fiona, like the princess, Dawson like Dawson's Creek. My pronouns are she, her. I'm a cisgender, bisexual, immigrant woman from the LGBTQ plus community. <laughs> and oh, that's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I actually came out as gay in 2004 and then re-identified as bi in 2012. Both 
personally and professionally as a volunteer and then also as employment, like I've been advocating for LGBTQ plus issues and DEI, like diversity, equity and inclusion for about two decades. So I guess I'm a professional bisexual in some ways <laughs> and then I'm professional on the side. And um, <laughs> I work advocating for trans people, particularly in the military. So about eight years, I worked on a project called Trans Military. So if people want to see those stories, just Google Fiona Dawson transgender and ironically, all of my stuff will come up. And I got involved in bi advocacy kind of as I was getting out of my trans like less focused on trans advocacy, but of course that's still part of my work today. And uh, my most prominent piece of bi plus work is my book that came out in November last year. And the title is, Are Bisexuals Just Greedy? And the <laughs> subtitle, Animated Answers for All People Who Simply Want to Understand the Spectrum of Being LGBTQ Plus. And I think it makes a terrific bedtime story. So <laughs> that's me, that's my intro. <laughs> Oh, Bren, would you like to go next? Sure. Hi, I'm Bren Frederick. I'm calling from outside of Seattle, Washington. Nobody ever knows the city that I'm in. I use she, her pronouns. I am bisexual, genderqueer. Let's see, my bisexual journey. When I was 22, I read a really good book and I learned about the word bisexual for the first time. I had a very, very isolated childhood. I, I wasn't allowed a lot of resources to learn about these things. So I was 22 before I found out about the word. I was like set on fire with like understanding of what I'd, what I'd been going through my whole life. I, I didn't have a word for it. I was so confused about myself all the time and like words really matter. And I became really obsessed with finding more books that would help me have uh, more of an understanding, uh, learn more things, learn more words, which I did. I did so much research that I ended up with a huge spreadsheet of thousands and thousands of books that I wanted to look into, which is more than I'll be able to read in my lifetime, right? And it was such a huge resource for myself that I started feeling really greedy for not sharing it with the rest of the world. And I started a BiPan library, bipanlibrary.com, which is a physical archive. If you saw a video, you could see there's just a ton of books behind me. It's a physical archive and digital archive of bi, pan, fluid, MSpec media, mostly books, but other media as well. I do a lot of research collaborations with people. I've helped with multiple of the recent bisexual books that have come out. Uh, if you've heard of By the Way or Bisexual Men Exist, I helped with research for both of those books. Uh, and I get to meet a lot of really cool bi-pan fluid people around the world and have really great conversations. And uh, an important piece of this is that I am also disabled. Uh, and this is a way that I've found that I can affect change in the world, even though I'm homebound. And that's been really rewarding and something I'm really excited to pursue more with Five Plus Organizing US. <laughs> mm. And I can relate because when I first came across the word androgynous, I said, oh, that's who I am. And it was later that I came into bisexual mm -hmm. and and hermaphrodite. And so that was a, those were words I carried close to heart. <laughs> well, Mike. Hey, hey, you know all about me, Gigi. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike Szymanski, I am coming from the heart of Hollywood, California, uh, where I've been for uh, a while. I started out as a 
gay journalist in West Hollywood, moved to West Hollywood and everything, and then was sneaking around with a girl back in the 90s. And my editor at Genre Magazine said, let's write about this. And so I did a cover story called My Second Coming Out, which got me on the Phil Donahue show, which hopefully some people will remember, but he was a great talk show host in his day. And that's where I met uh, Lonnie Kahumanu and Robin Oaks. And of course, that launched me into, uh, the, I was the younger generation at that time of bisexual uh, activism, and they were kind of passing on the torch and saying, okay, you've got to be involved with us. So for a long time, uh, 20 years, I was involved with put on conferences all over um, the South Southern California area and um, was very involved in Binet USA. And uh, then I uh, co-wrote the uh, Bisexual's Guide to the Universe. I'm glad that there's more people writing bisexual books, but ours was the very first one that the Lambda Literary Awards named as the best bisexual book, which is, I'm glad we've come a long way. So now that I think there's even three categories in the Lambda Literary Awards for bisexuals, which is even better. So <laughs> I took some time off. Oh, there it is. Yay. <laughs> I took some time off for a while. I helped raise two of my nephews and they're now in their 20s. And I came back to activism with the LA by Plus Task Force. And this is our shirt, the love is love beyond gender. And I'm in charge of the by Plus blog, which uh, covers the kind of by news of the day, but also um, I'm encouraging other people to write stories. And uh, that's really fun. So I just enjoying getting back into the world and, and understanding the uh, new bi movement, although many of the issues are still the same that they were 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Before we get into the history, I'd like to talk a little bit about what is Bi Plus Organizing US and what do they do? And That's a great can go in the same order. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're working on that. Uh <laughs> well, I was gonna say actually it's a great question though, isn't it though, Bren? Because we've been working since January. I'm gonna give you a bit more of the backstory, but I'm actually really proud of this motley crew of people that are coming together in the most organized fashion you can imagine, given that we're a motley crew spread about across the country. Uh, because we've actually done a series of sessions where we started off with River, who is president of um, the BRC, you know, the Bisexual Resource Centre, led a uh, visioning session for us in January. And then February, we presented that at a meeting and we deciphered that. And then March, we uh, narrowed down language. And so just this week, Bren has been doing an incredible job of updating the website, doing a lot of the communications and organization has just updated the website. So if anyone goes to buyplusorganizingus.org, you'll be able to see that we now have an about us. We've got a mission, we've got a vision, we've got this is what we do very specifically because I think everybody involved is very determined to make sure that we're not trying to recreate the will, we're not trying to form another organization. We're just trying to cohesively bring people together to be able to communicate so that Together, as a as a larger coalition, we can have more impact on the national level. Uh, very quickly, I'll tell you how it came about. Like last year, uh, so I'm talking about 2022, there was a group of us who already kind of knew each other and were networked that felt very frustrated of the lack of representation of bi-plus individuals invited to the White House Pride event in June. 
But of course, you know, the latest Gallup poll shows that 58.2% of the LGB community actually identifies as bisexual. We've known for a long time that we're very much the majority. I'm sure it's even higher than that. And we were like, why is there just a handful of the same few people invited to go to this very significant national event? We should have greater representation on the national level. And so there was like six of us that managed to get a meeting with the White House for September. And we came in initially thinking we'd have these grand plans, like we would have like the bisexual pride party for 400 people you know, in September. And we'll go speak to the administration about healthcare policy. We'll do all these things. And what it eventually came down to was the White House administration said, you can have 14 people meet in a room at HHS. <laughs> and, and we're like, what the hell? <laughs> okay, well, I guess we'll take that. Um, but we were great. It was good. It was needed. It was better than nothing. We also got like free tickets to tour the White House and you see um, a bunch of old paintings in gold <laughs> frames that I didn't get to because I was doing photocopies of the meeting. But anyway, and so anyway, we but we did feel like after that meeting that we just couldn't let it drop, you know, and that there was clearly a need that needed to be met. And so part of, I think, one of the best things about that event in September was that we had this community thing as well the night before where I think we had like close to 40 individuals come. And it was just for some some people, that was the very first time that they had ever met advocates for the bypass community in person before. Like it, that was so meaningful. Mm -hmm. it, to me, more meaningful than giving a PowerPoint presentation to White House administrative people that are not going to do anything. Anyway, so I just, that's when it was like, okay, no, we've got to keep going. And I like the way that we're growing slowly but surely and steadily. I think that one of the mistakes that some of us can have is when we've got these great big dreams and goals, which we should hold on to, but if it doesn't meet our expectations within a few months and then it just falls flat on the face. And the way I see this coalition building is steadily over a series of years and like, Give us like three or four years and I think that we're going to be a force to reckon with because we're taking our time to get organized in such a, a strategic solid fashion so right now like, let me hand it over to somebody else Bren or Mike tell uh, you, uh, you tell Gigi what we do before yeah. we pass it on to someone else uh Fiona can I ask you a question real quick of course uh, so if people wanted to visit the the website is it b-i-t-l-u us what, what like how do you spell the website so that, that is a yeah that's a there. fantastic question thank you so much paul so we spelled out plus so we've got bi and then spelled out plus plus organizing us.org the way we came up with the name was one we recognize that there's not one word that accurately includes our entire community and so we settled on by plus but obviously you can't have a plus sign in the url so we spelled out plus and on our website we have a very specific statement about language saying that we recognize this this one word is not what everybody uses and therefore we acknowledge all of the other identities and we're using this because in some ways we have to have one word for url and then organizing essentially because we want to have that word in our title to show that we actually do stuff and then us is us as in united states 
but also we love the us as in our community all of us and so while the majority of us are based in the united states myself included very proud texan let me say that again um, <laughs> it's open to like bringing in in the future like other uh, countries okay Thank but, you but yeah. so much for the clarification. <laughs> no, you're, you're welcome. And like, yeah, Bren, what do we do? Well, we have sort of three pillars of what our work is, like as we define it on our website, community collaboration, advocacy, and collective action. There's a lot of detail about that on the website. But I think one of the really exciting things for me is this through our powers combined uh, dynamic that we're creating. Uh, there's so many incredible activists and advocates and organizers across the U.S. who, I, I mean, lots of the people who are meeting at this, at our monthly meetings, did not know each other beforehand, or maybe only knew each other from following on social. Uh, wild, because a lot of us have been doing things for years, um, and there's no reason that we shouldn't have maybe said hi and chatted a bit and like learned from each other and shared. Uh, one of the conversations that happened at an early meeting that I went to, I've not been here since the beginning. But the first meeting that we even attended, I think, uh, there was a discussion about how it is, uh, while it is worthwhile to sort of interface with LGBTQ groups, like a broader general uh, queer organizations, nonprofits, uh, they tend not to give bisexual issues the time of day. Like maybe we get an advocacy, maybe we get, maybe we get an awareness day, maybe. <laughs> or maybe they retweet something during Bi Health Month uh, in March. But uh, the efforts that we've put into reaching out to them and advocating for ourselves um, has not been as fruitful as we hoped, many of us, especially people who worked with, uh, for instance, there's representatives of the Bisexual Resource Center uh, as part of Bi Plus Organizing US. Uh, lots of these larger groups that just even the largest bi groups are not getting traction with large queer organizations. So that's what's exciting to me about this is that instead of relying on convincing people to give us some crumbs, we're getting together and we're saying, fine, we will combine our power, we will combine our resources, and we will do what we can. And we don't need your permission to do it. We don't need a, a, a piece of your budget if you're not going to give it to us. Like we can, we can be out here and we can do things on our own. That's what I I'm mean, excited about. I mean, isn't that what all queer people have been doing all along? It's a great strength, I think. <laughs> I mean, hell, you know, we know the mother who the mother of pride was, you know, a bisexual woman. I mean, we just make shit happen, don't we? And I would say, you know, it's it's I know you were kidding, but it's not a motley crew. If I could pick the A-listers of the bi community that is around there now, it would be this group. I mean, this group that comes together every week is just incredible. I mean, Lonnie comes in, Robin comes in, and then the newer people and and people I haven't seen in 30 years, which is wonderful. And and so I I just think it's it's great to to see the diversity and, and uh, the different colors. I mean, it's a wide group now, and I think it's wonderful to see. It's That's so true. The, I mean, so for eight years, I have studied bisexual literature, and I come to these meetings. The first meeting I came to, I was like, oh, shit, all of my 
heroes are here and I am on camera and I don't know how to feel about that. So I was like, there's Robin. She did all those anthologies. Oh, there's uh, Lonnie, whose uh, speech at the March in Washington from, I think it was 1993. I play that if I want to cry. Like, (laughs) there's Mike, like the first... I was just off stage with her, pushing her on, you know, saying, go, go to her. And I was the first person she hugged when she got off stage. So there's that, Mike, I think there's, there's like a picture that goes around bisexual Instagram occasionally of you with your mom. And I'm like, all these people, they're here. There's a, it's in a book over here that I have over here of, of like famous GLBT photos. And uh, yeah, it, I'm wearing a blue shirt that says, my mom is straight, but she don't hate. And my mom is wearing a pink shirt that says, my son is bi, I don't ask why. And, uh, and and very often it's appropriated by some activist or podcaster who says, this is my uncle and my grandmother. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm here and this is me. <laughs> oh my God. It happened I- a number of times. I, I always get people telling me that, oh, guess what? <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, y'all done, Bren? I can be. Uh, <laughs> I could go on forever about that one, but we should <laughs> probably move I, on. I jumped in. That's what I was. I was taking the transition, <laughs> so that's what I have to say about about it. You know, I think it's uh, this is I think a, a powerful group, and and we need to organize like we did when we were insisting on getting coverage and and getting on the cover of of Newsweek magazine and calling out people who are writing reviews and saying that the character is gay when they're in fact bisexual and calling out all these things that we were doing back then still a problem it's still an issue and we're still being erased and and look who surpassed us in the the world of recognition is the trans community which is a fraction of any of the LGBT communities so they did it somehow well and we need to learn how to do that and part of it was their organizing they're a little fractious too as some of you know but but we need to do what they did and and most of by as well <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. large percentage. Yeah, right. And I, you, as y'all were speaking, it brought back memories of when I rode my motorcycle to my first spy conference from Houston and, to San Diego. Yeah, <laughs> and I was on a Honda 750, and it's just once I got there, I thought, "Wow, I've I found my people. <laughs> I found I found home," and it's like. I sat after the conference, I sat at the intersection of I-10 for about half an hour thinking, do I really want to go home or do I want to move here? (laughs) Because there are so many cool bisexuals that lived in San Diego that were out and proud. And there's nothing like that here in Houston, Texas. So I know, because I left. (laughs) (laughs) But I know that that's what really is so important to me about BiPlus organizing US is that we're trying to become more visible. We're trying to step up to the table and be heard because too often the silence is killing us. You see it in the statistics. You see it in the numbers. Suicide rates of buys, the health problems of buys, mental health problems. And a lot of it's because we are so invisible. 
and there's, there's organizations that are bisexual organizations, and I don't want to name them, but maybe I will someday, that don't want to emphasize that. They don't, they want to hide the fact that we have those because we don't want, you know, they're saying, well, and, and I've had kind of discussions with them. Uh, we don't want to say that we're more mentally ill or we have more health problems. We don't want to say that, that, that we want to be have fun and talk about being sexual or whatever. But it was a time in, in early activism of bisexuality that they we didn't like, the or a lot of people didn't like the word bisexual because it had the word sex in it and mm-hmm. uh, created stereotypes that all we were into was sex. And um, gays, uh, homosexuals were gays and lesbians didn't have sex in their, their titles. So there was a big movement to try to figure out if there was a better word for it. And I don't think anybody ever came up with it. And one time people were talking about calling us the rainbow people, which I'm glad didn't catch on. But I'm not sure the political res- like resonance that would come with that. Yeah, frankly, <laughs> I, I, I feel mm. like if we rolled up to the White House, I don't think our intention would be clear. <laughs> well, we're... and if we were the rainbow people, they just think we're gay again. Still, anyway, I think it's like, fun. You know, it's like, for goodness sake, can you just that was that was before the rainbow flag, I think. So, we... oh. uh-huh. uh, well, we're to station break. At station break, I always go around and let everybody put their own personal websites. And of course, I've got my three websites: ravenslayerleather.com. Uh, ggwilber.com where I do my sex coaching and then uh, ladyboytemple.com which is where I do my Aphrodite's temple work so check those out and we'll go around and if you'd like put out your personal websites all right my website's nowwithfiona.com n-o-w with w-i-t-h fiona.com so now with fiona is my community facing website where you can see about my book and my podcast and my tv show and my explainer videos i have a two-minute animated explainer on what's the difference between the word cisgender and transgender and then that's how my book developed because i ended up writing scripts to make into animation so I have all these very quick explainers between three to six minutes to read on different terms and definitions. It's the type of book that you should give to that family member who loves you, but just doesn't get it. And they just need a bit of help and a very direct response. So there's that. And then if you know of any companies that are looking to hire speakers or do explainer content or video and that kind of stuff, Free lion productions, like free as in liberated lion, like the animal productions.com. That's like my more business website. So, and then I'll keep my only fans private for now. (laughs) 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 I mean, most of what I want to plug is always bypanlibrary.com. We're also on Instagram at bypanlibrary. But if I don't know if anyone wants to hire me. I do graphic design and, and brand concepts. <laughs> so brenfrederick.com. And there's pictures of my cats on that website. So actually there's two good reasons to go there. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> and I'm convinced that bisexuals like cats and dogs. So I'm the dog person, but and I love cats as well. But I, I think bisexuals like both. So <laughs> <laughs> we we even like meerkats. We like the spectrum of cats and dogs. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. 
Yeah, so I'm proud to be the website content provider for the LA by taskforce.org. We haven't figured out how to put the plus in, but we just recently changed our name to add the plus, uh, which is a big deal. And I have the 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 by blog as part of that. <clears throat> and I also have others, Bisexuals Guide to the Universe Facebook page that has other parts of the Bisexuals Guide that we weren't allowed to publish, like things with song titles and musicians that you have to get the rights to using pieces of uh, song titles and things like that. So we pu- published that on 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 that site, and uh, and then my books under I have books about dachshunds because I have dachshunds, and that's uh, on Amazon as well as the, the bisexuals guide. And I also have adult series of books under the name of My Numb to Porn of Mickey Ski. I was a, a critic for adult video news for a number of years. So I have fiction books and stuff like that under that. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus high in fiber with five to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10, H-E-R-O dot C-O. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Glittering ornaments, fragrant wreaths, and wide-eyed wonder await you and your family this Christmas at Biltmore. Enjoy a guided tour of America's largest home, filled with shimmering Christmas trees and adorned in all its yuletide glory. Then make the most of your visit and imagine yourself as a holiday guest of the Vanderbilts at one of our overnight properties. Plan your stay at Biltmore.com. Uh, well, that's station break and back to our topic. <laughs> I'd like to go around and hear a little bit about the history of how, why and how did Biplus organizing form? And you've kind of gone into it a little bit, but I'd like to dig a little deeper. Like how we were personally sort of connected? Um, just... How did it become an organization? What was the thinking to bring this about? And some of the history of what brought you together? What kind of... Well, I'll clarify that we're not forming as an organization, as a political or um, an administrative legal entity. Yeah. We're very much resolute on staying as a coalition of individuals and organizations that want to come together to be able to help empower our community. And so after this meeting at the White House, we just spread the word and invited people. So we have a monthly Zoom. So anyone listening is more than welcome and invited to come to this monthly meeting. And I knew of Mike, I 
knew of the library brand, but I didn't know you're the person behind it. So apologies. <laughs> but I think that that's how I personally met the two of you at these meetings. I think it's like the Jedi Council. We don't have cards. We don't have memberships. We don't have a 501c3, but we come together yeah. because we are like-minded and our powers are stronger together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, like Fiona shared sort of the, the the origin origin story of the White House visit last year, but I'm really interested to see what shape it's going to take as things go forward. Because I know some folks who are part of the the White House visit don't necessarily like have the bandwidth to do things throughout the year. Maybe they're there for like really big events, or maybe they're keeping up on what, what we're doing through the months. But we have new people come every month. We have new people in our inbox to be added to the mailing list. Like every couple of days, there's a new person or a new org that's reaching out. So I think that we're constantly having a conversation about what it's going to be next. And the shape of the organization or the collective, the coalition, uh, is a little bit fluid, maybe just like the rest of the, everybody who's oh, attending, yes. you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fluid it's the and only organic. Way. It's <laughs> yeah. the only way we knew how to do things. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Which makes it so brilliant, doesn't it? You know, because at uh -huh. least we, we, I think we have this understanding that that's just the way it is with people like us. You know? <laughs> so, but I'll also add a bit more of the history as well, because like last September was not the first time that there was a White House meeting during the Obama administration I think there were three meetings for the BiPlus community. And uh, it's so funny. I like Mike, I think you and I, I was, we were at the same meeting together. Because really? okay. I, yes, because okay. I'm looking back at photographs from 2000 and what, seven, eight, and nine, something like or that. The other side of the room or something. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's like I, there's a photograph and I'm standing next to Tanya and Ellen, you know, and it's like <laughs> we were there together and I just didn't like stay connected for whatever reason until a year or so ago. And so it kind of stems from that too, because of course the administration after the Obama administration didn't exactly invite us back. And so that we had this like four years of nothing happening. And so I think there's that added level. And I think it is surprising as well, like Mike, to your point about, you know, I've been out in LGBTQ plus advocacy for about two decades now. And, you know, I first came out as gay in 04, re-identified as by in 2012. But when I came out as gay and I was working for an HIV AIDS organization in Houston, our language back then was very much like gay and lesbian or straight maybe a newer handful of trans people, but bi was like the taboo. And I think mm -hmm. had I known better back when I was 27, I'm now 45, I'll say for context, that had I known, I think I would have used the label bi earlier for my identity, uh, but I went directly from a straight marriage to a lesbian partnership for two years and was so thrilled and delighted to be over there that I didn't even stop to consider that there was some variance in between. And so during that time in the last decade, we've seen the needed elevation of trans inclusion, trans advocacy, trans stories, and by no means do I want to diminish that whatsoever. Uh, but it's like, what the hell happened? Like, why, why are we still treating bi plus people like this? And it, it, I think that that's probably going back to Gigi, the question like, why, like deep, diving deeper into why? Because we freaking need it. 
Like mm-hmm. it, it's, we're so overdue. Like, and I know personally friends who say they're straight, but actually might lean a little not straight. Mm-hmm. And friends who are gay and lesbian, but very directly, but confidentially tell me I'm actually bi, but I don't let anyone know. Like if all of those people came out, I mean, how 98% of the population is probably not straight. <laughs> like, can we just kind of get over this shit? And, well, and I so kids are getting about, over it. About, about if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, then it's a duck. Call it a duck. And if, it, if, if everybody who was bisexual turned purple, like the, the next day, or even different ranges of bisexual, you, we'd be amazed to see how many yeah. there are. And I've mm-hmm. been in the same situation where even well-known activists who are known for one or the other are, are, you know, will whisper to me that, that, you know, I'm really bisexual. And it's like, what's the problem? Why, you know, it's, and even celebrities, you know, I, I, I know yeah. a writer for a long time and so they won't understand it. So uh, the world won't understand it. And it's, it's hard to explain sometimes. So, yeah. Um, Gotta new, say the, Oh, sorry. Sorry. Fiona, I kind of wanted to get back to something you, you were saying, and you were like about like why there's a lot more visibility, like with like trans stuff, even though it's a smaller, like, like there's fewer trans people in the world. And I, I sometimes wonder a little bit about how many people would like, come to realize they were non-binary if they accept it, if there wasn't like this stigma around it. I think mm-hmm. that it might be very similar to the number of bisexuals too. Yeah. Uh, yes. And, and I I think that like one of the reasons that uh, bisexuals haven't gotten the amount of recognition as some of the other ones is also because like there's been misunderstanding on like both the gay side and the straight side about bisexuals but i think like as far as like vehement hatred like real outright like malice uh, bisexuals don't really make the the cackles rise as much as gay or lesbians or transsexuals because we have the ability to hide in straight society especially cisgendered bisexuals, because uh, if you don't want to let the rest of the world know that you're bisexual, you really don't have to. If, I'm going to... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm going to quickly ahead. say something, but then I just want to throw it to Bryn because I can. I feel like, Bryn, you're chomping at the bit and I think you've got some important things to say. The only thing I'm going to say about that is that that causes psychological damage. Oh, I and know. I think that most most bi people I know, myself included, do not. I, I am pausing because there is actually like there is very few occasions. Like I can, there's one occasion in the last like five years I can think of where, for my own safety, for my own psychological safety, I chose not to disclose that I'm bi. <laughs> because I didn't need to, and I just felt that it wasn't the safe thing for me to do in that instance. But for people to not see me for who I am and not to see my identity actually is psychologically detrimental. And I do, so I don't like, and also people are 
making that assumption based on a gender expression because we don't express our sexual orientation actually ever even with our sexual behavior we're not expressing a sexual orientation we're expressing a gender presentation and so i kind of push back on that by people have an advantage as it were to like cover it Uh, because i think that we actually face more detriment from people seeing us or making assumptions about us based upon our own gender expression or based upon the gender expression that of the person that we're seen with and with that i would love to hand it over to bren i i think it's super complicated it it is, it is. so different from person to person in terms of uh, privilege but uh, just a few statistics that sort of come to mind with this discussion only i believe it's only 17 percent of bisexual people are out to all or most of the people in their lives but we also see to statistics like 40% of bisexual men are disabled. There are statistics around uh, bisexual people are significantly less likely to see improvements in their self-esteem, depression, anxiety after coming out in comparison to gay and lesbian people. Uh, there's it's it's just a whole there's a whole mess of, of like the little re- bisexual research we have is like really grim. And it's kind mm-hmm. of showing that I think my interpretation of a lot of it is that the seven, the other half of that seventeen percent, uh, it's doing a lot of damage. It's it's doing a lot of damage to us. Uh, that is sort of untold, and it's hard to tell uh, if it is better or worse because we are treated so significantly differently, and we have a significantly different uh, place in society because of the invisibility, because of the denial of the identity it it feels like a comparison of apples to oranges really and it's so that's that's it's kind of complicated mm-hmm. but what i wanted to sort of touch on a minute ago was how i believe it's 60 percent of gen z are identifying as bi pan or fluid was it 60 or is it's, it so it's one in five so one in five. so excuse me no no hang on one in six one in six identifies by plus pan. One in five identifies LGBT. And I agree with you. I, I was holding that thought too, and that the hope is the younger generations are not staying in these buckets the way we're talking about. They're really not. And that's that's one of the the reasons that I am really excited that Bi Plus Organizing US is forming right now in this moment. Because it's extraordinarily important for us to be fighting very hard for the youth who are coming up, who mm-hmm. it is an unfriendly United States towards queer people right now of mm-hmm. all stripes, especially bipan and fluid trans children and teens. Mm-hmm. And they deserve groundwork at the very least, if not significant change. Mm-hmm. And so I'm extremely excited uh, i'm ex- i'm extremely excited for the work that we're about to do and i'm also really excited to see younger people uh, getting involved because uh, i mean i'm 30 years old i'm coming in here and i'm seeing heroes who have been working decades I think longer than was me. a younger person bren <laughs> i know i know and that's kind of why i, why I said it I like i know that i'm younger than a lot of the people attending i'm excited to pe- see people like 10 years younger than me coming mm-hmm. in yeah and bringing their and, energy in and this multi-generational uh, by activism i'm 
extra. I will say we are doing amazingly well on multi generations. You know, we've got we had a 19 year old at the meeting a couple of months ago. And then we've got, you know, legends, you know, in I'm 60s, 70s, whatever. And then, you know, I'm the middle aged woman. And (laughs) what do you say, Mike? (laughs) Almost 63. It's awesome. But we've got people older than you, though, too. You know, it's like we go. I I will say I'm very cognizant that we're white on this call and we definitely want to diversify from a racial ethnicity. We do have people of color on the call. We do have BIPOC representation, (laughs) but we need more. And we're not just going to go to the few people that a black or BIPOC or not white and say, oh, it's your job to go find people like you. That is not fair, right? Us white people have to go out and reach out to other communities. And so I will say that people who are listening to this that want to join this and want to help us diversify in all the different ways, please help us because I do not want to see this coalition with a bunch of white people. That is not happening. And it was traditionally white. It was actually strongly women leaders too back in the day. So yeah, it was that was always an issue. But I got to tell you, the problem with bisexuality is that we're self. Uh, it, it's a self identity thing. You have to identify yourself as bisexual to the outside world, uh, and so the problem is that bisexuals are part of our subsets of so many other groups. The BDSM community is very much bisexual, but some of the people there consider themselves heterosexual, but they're given the permission to allow to play with the same gender. So it's a it's a different thing. The down low, you know, the the big thing within the in the African American community was being called the down low. They would never say bisexual or gay, but yeah. you know, it was all these definitions and the incidental bisexuality in the among sports teams and and in prisons and there's these communities where people experiment on that. The trans community is 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 there's a lot of bisexuals in there and that's what's great about this coalition because maybe we'll learn how to reach out to these subsets in other groups and mm-hmm. finally get them together because we've never done that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that, I mean, in addition, obviously, like Fiona said, to reaching out and, and like connecting physically, trying to draw people in, it's extremely important for uh, bisexual members of the coalition to actively work to make it safe for those people to join uh, uh, a place for- where they, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was just going to ask real quick, do you know if there has been any work to do any outreach with any of the, like, GSA chapters, Gay Straight Alliance chapters, like with any of the high schools, like in the U.S. or outside of it uh, so um, far? Because if you wanted to bring in young people, I know that uh, like I was in Houston when we fought to like form our GSA and like we had like gay organizers come in and talk with us and trans organizers come in and talk with us and we never had anyone from the bisexual community come in and talk with us and that might be a good way to outreach to like younger people and the generation that you're talking about that you were talking about earlier yeah i i totally agree i mean we we aren't working on any projects with gsa's currently but 
I, I could see some folks from the coalition being interested in that. It's certainly something uh, that I do with the BIPAN library is I talk to local pride centers and queer youth groups, and uh, that's part of my work, but not by plus org USA. Brian, can you talk more about the safe space that you're talking about? And also like neurodiversity as well as something that I think we're trying to do our best at being inclusive upon too, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, it's it's white people's job to uh, make, if, if they want people from POC groups to be involved, you have to make sure it's safe for them to do so, or they won't attend because they're really smart and they know how to protect themselves. Uh, that's true also of uh, disabled communities. I'm speaking myself as a disabled and autistic person. Uh, I know when a place is not going to be safe for me, and then I have to weigh whether it's important, it's whether it's worthwhile really uh, to spend more time in a space that's not going to be accommodating. And if you want those populations to be represented, you have to make sure that they feel welcome. And then also, I think there's a piece of, uh, we were talking about how trans visibility and rights are moving forward, or at least like are more well known in the US. I would say right now, moving forward feels like it's not true yeah. necessarily everywhere in the United States. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that and also how Mike, you were talking about how the bisexual movement early on was uh, pretty white. I I wonder how much of that, I'm, I can't say for sure, I'm sitting here a very white person. I wonder if a lot of that is because these are people who there were other like very pressing activist concerns that were far closer to their heart continuing to beat than a bisexual movement. Like mm. if you're fighting for your life as a trans person, uh, bisexuality may not be like the center of your activism because mm. and there were and there were there were, <laughs> there were groups like like a billy had a had a black bisexual men's group in new york and and way before my time and so it is fascinating how that happened but and i wouldn't say that about bisexuals but in general the the gay activism was because it was a bunch of rich people they were richer white people and i don't know of any rich bisexuals unfortunately but <laughs> I will be soon, and yeah, I will give yeah. all the money. We're counting on you, Fiona. <laughs> I, I have my lottery ticket. So. We need a rich bisexual, benefactor. Bisexual Ellen right here, okay? Right. <laughs> well, oh, my, the time does fly. We're coming close to the top of the hour, and I always like to close the show by going around and just each person stating their biggest takeaway or their food for thought for the audience. Shall I go first again? <laughs> We've established an order. <laughs> so I'm going to have to say more than one thing, of course. I'd say my biggest takeaway is that tonight has been a delightful discussion, like really, really cool. I've actually, I've, I knew I was going to enjoy it, but I've really enjoyed it even more just to have this like personal one-on-one -on -one chat with both Mike, Brennan and yourself, Gigi, because, you know, we see ourselves on these big group calls and it's just been nice to have like an intimate conversation. So thank you. And I'm going to add one more plug because I, my, my team and I have been doing some work for Equality Texas. And I would love everyone to go to Equality Texas's social handles and look out for a 90 second animation uh, our animator created, her name is Sid Cordoba, they then pronouns trans, masculine, non-binary person. And they did a fantastic job of making this quick 90 second reel 
on puberty blockers and basically saying it's a pause on puberty and it's early reversible and it gives people time and it's just done a, had a really great reception on social media so please go to at equality texas like support follow them love equality texas and then thirdly i guess is you know please anyone listening come join us at five plus organizing us we'd love to have you ah <laughs> uh, i think that the what I would like people to take away from this is that whoever they are, they can get involved and whatever their skills are, there's need for them. Uh, there are all kinds at Bipulse Organizing US. There are a lot of spaces that you can be of use, even if you aren't a part of an organization. Maybe you don't have access locally to a bi group. There are a lot of places without bi groups. Uh, even if you don't want to be speak publicly, even if you're not out, honestly, uh, there are ways to get involved that are private. A lot of what I do is file organization, emailing, website updating. It's all admin stuff. And that's so valuable for keeping the movement moving forward. So you have skills that could be useful. Please come join. And what I have to say is that don't ignore these amazing resources that are out there. This podcast that Gigi has is amazing. I was listening to it all day, past past episodes. Support them. Support these groups. Support these podcasts. So if you don't have Fiona's, Fiona's book and my book in your library on your shelf behind you, like Gigi and Bren do, then you need to go out and get them. And they're still available. And you need to share it and tell people about it. And the out is bisexual. And I'd like to jump in with my big takeaway. It was in 99 that we started Celebrate Bisexuality Day. And our dream back then was to make bisexuals more visible and bring attention to that, hey, we're, we're not all just gays or lesbians or straights. And I remember one of the celebrations I did during Gay Pride Week here, I took a boyfriend and a girlfriend and we had a three-way kiss on the corner of Montrose and Westheimer. There's no <laughs> mistaking. That's awesome. <laughs> Gigi, I used to intersex yeah. and my boyfriend, very masculine, and my wife, very pretty, and there's no mistaking. And we got so many looks, <laughs> I can tell you. And we did a long kiss, probably about half an hour's worth. <laughs> Good for you. And, <laughs> and we just wanted to demonstrate because the Pride Parade was happening and it was Pride Month. And we wanted to de demonstrate that, hey, some of us really are bisexual. Yeah. And so I think I my wish... big takeaway is that we do bring more visibility to the world of who we are and what we are. <laughs> I wish there had been a photo of you three on the front of the voice. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> would have been great. <laughs> that would have been so cool. <laughs> we'll make that happen, Gigi. <laughs> we'll get you into Outsmart again. <laughs> <Freaking> out. <laughs> Well, actually, they did an article on me and Outsmart mm -hmm. a few years Good. ago. So Good. We'll have to look it up. Being a bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> the one the one they know in Houston, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think my my takeaway is that in this call alone, we've got 
multiple generations. We've got like lots of different backgrounds from different places, different cities. It 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 takes an entire village wherever you are and like whoever you are you have a voice and you can be a part of something like this i know that when i i first started getting into activism the kinds of activism that i do i i didn't really feel like i had i didn't have a right to like take up space because other people had been doing it longer other people had been <laughs> but i have things that i'm good at you have things that you're good at you know there's always going to be someone who like needs to run run the website and there's always going to be people on like the front of the lines standing up for people and there there's always going to be different people doing different things and everyone has their own strengths if you don't think that there is anything that you have to contribute to an organization like this you're wrong i think the world oftentimes seeks to make us feel powerless feel like there's nothing that we can contribute uh, but you're wrong like everyone has things that they can contribute so uh, whether it's through like a bisexual group or like whatever thing that you feel like standing up for or standing up against there's there's a place for you in that in the fight like if we don't fight we lose it takes all of us and i just want to say that to people well said thank you <laughs> i want to thank <laughs> each of y'all for being on the show it's been really great having you yeah thanks for having us I find it interesting that adults in our culture are not provided with informative sexual education. Even married couples don't have access to an adequate sexual education and how to pleasure each other. It's assumed that somehow we will instinctively know all that we need to know about sex. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think there's a better method. I would like to invite you to join me in developing a sex-positive lifestyle with freedom of sexual expression between consenting adults. Join us each week to learn everything sexual. Add your comments about the show and any suggestions you have for future show topics. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you won't miss any episodes. This concludes this edition of Adult Bedtime Stories. Are you ready to experience nocturnal emissions? Sex is the final frontier. So explore everything sexual. <laughs>